Welcome to the Hey Girl Hey podcast and I am your host Kim Miller. Welcome back to the podcast. I have been on break and we are now on episode 31. This is officially season three so I'm super super excited. I missed you guys so 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 much but I definitely needed to take that rest to prepare for my little baby girl who is now here and she is almost three weeks old. Aubrey Marie who is downstairs taking a nap. <laughs> so I am recording around her nap schedule which will probably be my life now which I'm fine with. But um, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for your continued support. And I hope you guys are excited as I am to be back. I am so, so excited. I could not wait to come back and share one, my birth story. I knew I wanted that to be my first episode back. And then just so many other exciting things that I have going on for the podcast coming soon. So yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am adjusting to um, mommy life and it has been amazing. I will say it is nothing like having a little newborn in the house. It's just such a special like atmosphere and spirit that they bring. It's just so sweet, so precious. She's so amazing. And I love her so much. If she was woke, I would show you guys the baby, but maybe one day she would make an appearance if she could behave. Because let me tell you, Miss Aubrey can rev up real quick, like I don't like from one to a hundred in in zero point two seconds. So we'll see. <laughs> But uh, we love her. We love her. We love her. And I'm going to get into the birth story really, really soon. But I want to do all of my catching up with you guys. Um, so much happened over the break. I, I wanted to hop on so many times. But again, I was really like getting into that headspace of um, preparing for the birth. And also, like I was at that stage where you just kind of get so antsy and so like your patience is so thin and you're just ready to have that baby. That's where I was for probably like the last two, almost three weeks of my pregnancy. So, um, Anyway, because of those reasons, I really, really just took like that time and took the break and took a lot. I took a lot of just like social media breaks in general, but also um, the podcast was on hiatus. But while right before we left for the break, I did get notified that um, the Hey Girl Hey podcast was ranked like in the top 500 podcasts. And that was so like when I say I was so surprised, I was like, is this a scam email? Like, is this a joke? Is this a lie? Uh I just couldn't believe it. So I'm so excited about that. And that actually like really, really motivated me to um, like set more goals for myself and aspire to be in the top 100 and just keep, keep climbing and working, working, working. So I'm really excited and um, grateful for that. And that thank you to you guys for supporting. But like I'm so motivated to take it to the next level. So which is the reason why we are now um, really, really intentionally promoting the YouTube as well. So the, the podcast will be available still on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, but now we'll be on YouTube every week. So, and that's something I was really not, like I didn't really want to do, to be honest. My husband kept pushing me to do that. I'm not super comfortable on camera, so I hope I'm not like really, really awkward. Like right now I'm just scratching my ear. That's so random. But um, I hope I'm not too awkward. I don't really love being on camera, so I have to get used to that and I have to get comfortable with that. But I do want to um, 
make sure I'm always thriving to be better and doing new things and, and just making the, the content more available to you guys. So that's what we're doing. So I hope y'all will subscribe. Make sure if you're not um, subscribed to the Hey Girl Hey podcast YouTube, make sure you go and subscribe because I'll be putting up videos um, every week of the episode. And then I'll probably just do a lot of bonus and extra videos during the week as well. So make sure you stay connected with that. And um, it was so many Hey Girl Hey's I wanted to do during the during the break. But I tried to keep track and I'm going to try to kind of make those my first couple of Hey Girls. But before we get into the Hey Girl, I do want to uh, continue to send prayers out to April Daniels. During my hiatus, we lost LaShawn Daniels, who I didn't know personally, but let me just tell you, I felt like I knew him personally. April and LaShawn Daniels have been a couple that I have just admired from a distance for so long. When they were first on Tamar and Vince, I thought they were a beautiful couple. From there, they did a lot of YouTube um, episodes as a couple. They really promoted like healthy marriages, Christian marriages. LaShawn was a producer of both gospel and secular. So I, me and my husband really, really like look to them as just a, a beautiful couple to um, have as an example and, and a reference and never ever like thinking a couple has it all together or perfect, but just a beautiful example of um, a lovely couple. LaShawn Daniels was killed in a car accident Um, and just tragic. It was tragic. It's still tragic. I don't want to stop praying for that family. Um, so we are still praying. Thank you so much. We're still praying for, for that family. And I will continue to, cause I know how that is. Like when something happens, the hype is there. Everybody's praying, everybody's sending all the love and support, but then it kind of dies down. So I really want to continue to pray for April Daniels and her family. And she's been such a beautiful, um, She's represented such strength and such grace even during this time. So prayers to April Daniel and that family and just the whole body of Christ and the music industry that lost that amazing, amazing soul. Uh, Jesse was able to meet him and said he was everything that people said he was just a light, a beautiful, beautiful spirit made you feel like he was the only person in the room when he was talking to you. And yeah, so prayers, prayers, prayers to that family, all the love, all the support, uh, just continued strength in that journey and, and during this tragedy. But, um, let's move on to the Hey Girl. Uh, like I said, I had so many things that I wanted to, so many girls that I wanted to shout out, but my first Hey Girl coming back to the podcast, man, I feel like I have so many girlfriends who are like launching businesses and who are just doing so many amazing things and motivating me and inspiring me. But my girlfriend, Miss Sharia Anderson, um, who lives in Rochester, New York, uh, just opened a restaurant. I want to say last month, she opened a restaurant, Morgan Cereal Bar, and I'm so proud of her. Sharia was always a person who was like a go-getter who was always grinding. She would always have like four and five jobs, just like always hustling, always on her business. And it didn't shock me that she just launched a restaurant or opened a restaurant, but I'm super proud of her. I love her always. I can't wait to go and visit next time we're in Western New York. We will definitely be by Morgan Cereal Bar. So shout out to you, Miss Sharia, and keep on doing your thing, girl. Love you. Hey girl. Hey, Miss Sharia Anderson. I love you. I love you. I love you. All right. So Let's get into this birth story. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. My little chuckle. Um, okay, so I talk to you guys a lot about... Uh, 
I, I launched my podcast on January 2nd. I found out I was pregnant January 3rd. So I feel like I literally was pregnant. I was. I've, I've been pregnant this entire podcast journey. And so during the time I've kind of shared with you guys my desire to um, have a natural birth, my desire to specifically not have epidural. Um, I was doing a lot of reading and research on hypnobirthing and supernatural birth and all these different things that, um, I was continuing to kind of keep you guys in the loop. And, um, I made like a list of prayers for my birth, specific for my birth. And, you know, listen, y'all, God did that thing. He really did. Um, like to the point where I was like, oh my God, this is scary. How much God honored my prayer, uh, my prayer request. The, the things that didn't happen, I, I understand and, and completely know why they didn't happen. Some things like it just wouldn't have worked out. So, and that was one of the things like in writing out my birth plan and my birth prayer, it was about having a plan, having a prayer that you want to submit unto God, but also knowing like if God wanted to do anything different in the midst of that birth, he, I was open to that. So let me just talk to you about like leading up to the birth. So the week, okay, my due date was initially September 14th, but this whole entire pregnancy, probably like for sure the last four months, I feel like the baby was going to come September 7th, that first week of September. I felt so confident in it, y'all. I was like, telling people that my due date was the seventh. Um, even my doctor was like, the baby is growing a week ahead of schedule, uh, leading up to like those weeks. My doc, my doctor was also confident that you probably have this baby early, blah, 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 blah. Well, come that first week of September, you know, all you mommies know the last four weeks of your pregnancy, you're going to the doctor every week. So that first week in September, I went to my regular appointments. Um, which was on Wednesday. My appointment was every Wednesday, which was like September 3rd at this point. And I was two centimeters dilated. My doctor was like, the baby is very, very low. She was like, she can probably come down a little bit more, but she's very, very low. So, you know, if you want to start doing like your walking and start kind of doing some things to kind of get her to come down, you're very close. I was like, okay, cool. At that point, I was super ready. Like for me, the last two weeks of the pregnancy felt like forever. So at that point, I was like, whatever we got to do, let's get it done. So I kind of started doing some walking at that point. Um, I was like, this baby probably going to be here by Saturday. If I was two centimeters dilated, I just kind of felt like she was coming. With my first, with Madison, I think I was two centimeters dilated when I actually went into labor. Um, and I had to walk to get to four, and then they admitted me. So I was like, yeah, this is about to happen. So that was Wednesday. Come Thursday, come Friday, come Saturday, come Sunday, nothing. So I was like, man, the whole weekend, I'm just like expecting her to come. Nothing's happening. So we get all the way to the next week, which is the following Wednesday, which at that point would have been what? The 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. Yeah. So that was Wednesday, the 10th. Um, I go back to the doctor. My, even my doctor was like, I can't believe that you haven't had this baby. Like, I just knew you was going to have the baby over the weekend. I was like, girl, me too. Because my doctor, I feel like we're friends. Um, shout out to Dr. Maluko. I love you so much. But anyway, um, so she checks me. I'm four centimeters dilated at this point. But I wasn't having any contractions. So if you know, 
anything about labor and delivery and blah, 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 you know that at four centimeters dilated, you um, are technically in, in labor, but you have to be having contractions to be considered active labor. So I wasn't having contractions. So my doctor, again, she was like, I feel like if you were to, you know, go walk for, she said, I feel like she said two hours. <laughs> and I was like, who about to walk for two hours full pregnant? But I was not doing that, but I did walk. Like I was walking every morning, every evening at this point. She was like, go, you know, everybody tells you go have sex, go do all these things because you can get this thing going. And I was like doing all the things like I really was committed to getting this baby there. So that was Wednesday. Hold on. I'm sorry. Let me backtrack. The, the previous Wednesday where I said I was two centimeters dilated when I got home, I took a nap, got up. And I passed what to me looked like the mucus plug. So I didn't pass that with Madison. So I wasn't like 100% sure, but it looked to me like what people describe as the mucus plug. Like I Googled it. Um, it looked very similar to what people describe and what it looked like on Google. So that was something I was like, okay, this got to be go time soon. But again, I went all the way to that next seven days. So when I got home from that following appointment where I was four centimeters dilated, um, again, I passed some more blood that looked like the bloody show and the mucus plug or whatever. So I was talking to like my girlfriends who are doulas. I was talking to Morgan, who we had on the podcast, Crystal, um, who I had on the podcast and just telling them what I was experiencing. Shout out to my friend, the Jerry, who is also a doula in New York. Um, I was telling all these girls like what was going on and they were like, you're probably just, your cervix is further dilating, which is what that means when you start to pass, um, more of the plug and more of the mucus and blah, blah, blah. So you're very, very close. Like they were super encouraging. Like your body is doing what it's supposed to do. It's progressing. Now you just have to, you know, wait for the contractions to start. So, Wednesday night, I start having contractions. I start having contractions. They're about five minutes apart. This is September 10th we're talking about. Yes. Yes. Um, but they were very, very subtle. Like, I, I was able to track them. So they were obviously enough for me to notice that something was happening. But they were so subtle. I was just like, man, these are super, super manageable. Very, very subtle. About five minutes apart. This went on for like an hour. So at this point, I call my doctor. We start also getting Madison ready to go to my best friend Lenora's house because she lived close enough. That was always our plan. That way, Maddie can get to school in the morning and everybody was close in proximity. So we didn't have to do too much moving and shaking. Um, so we get Maddie situated because this is going on for an hour, five minutes apart contractions, but they were not progressing. So they were not ever getting more intensified. They weren't getting longer. Nothing was happening to let me know that they were progressing. But again, it was going on for an hour. So I called my doctor and this is probably like 9 p.m. at this point. And I tell my doctor what's going on. And she's like, let's give it another hour. Let's see what happens. And um, we'll go from there. So within that hour, they started to slow up. So they went from like five minutes to like seven minutes, 10 minutes. Next thing I know, I was asleep for two hours and I was like, okay, this is obviously not going on. This ain't going down. Um, so went to sleep. I could not believe like I woke up the next morning and was not at the hospital having this baby. 
I was so disappointed because you're talking about I finally start having contractions and they just completely stop. So the next morning I wake up, I call my doctor and I told her what happened, um, that they just completely stopped. And she's like, well, obviously that wasn't labor. Labor does not stop. Um, so you can come in, we could check you to see if anything has progressed, but if you're looking to have a natural birth, unless you want to be induced, it's not really much we could do for you if you're not in active labor. So I was like, okay, I didn't even go in. Cause I'm like, at this point, it would be a waste of time to go get checked because even if I'm further dilated, if I'm not having active contractions that are progressing, they're just going to send me home. So I say, well, I'm going to go to the gym that morning. I went to the gym and did like some walking. I did like some of the, um, birth ball exercises that I saw on, on YouTube that you can do to kind of bring on contractions. I, um, just was trying to like really, really do a lot of movement that was safe, obviously. And that could bring contractions on. I also got the raspberry leaf tea. Now people have been telling me about that tea for, um, at least like the last week of my pregnancy and I hadn't really gotten it yet, but at this point, I was like, man, I'm kind of like ready. It's Thursday, September 11th. I'm like, okay, I want to get this thing going. But side note, I did not want the baby to be born on September 11th. And I know that may be petty to some people, but I'm like, that was such a terrible day. What happened on September 11th? I would love for her not to be born on that day. I know people have birthdays on that day. And whenever you're born, you're born. But I was like, Lord, if she could just be born on the 10th, on the 12th, that would be nice. Anything after the 12th or whatever. So anyway, um... So that was Thursday. I drink the, um, I drink the raspberry tea throughout the day. I had like a cup in the morning. I think I had a cup in the afternoon and I had like a half a cup before I went to bed. So I went to bed that night as normal. I hadn't had anything really going on that day. I had like a few contractions, but nothing to the point where I was like tracking it. Go to bed. I wake up at 1030 to like, bad contractions, like off the bat, waking me up out of my sleep bad. Now backtrack prior to that moment, I had been telling, um, anytime I had like contractions, I was like letting Jesse know ASAP. Uh, we were kind of like getting things ready as soon as something started, blah, 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 blah. I don't know why I keep saying blah, 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 blah. But this time when I woke up, I was like, well, let me see what happens because we already got our hopes up one time. Let's just see how this goes. Now, one of the things on my birth plan, if you guys remember from prior episodes, was I wanted to birth um, or labor at home as long as I could. And so part of that was me um, getting in the tub. Um, that first time I had those contractions, I got in the tub for like an hour, felt really, really good. Same thing I was going to do again. So at 1030, I wake up to really bad contractions and I go ahead and I get in the tub. So didn't tell Jesse anything. Jesse was upstairs in his studio working. Um, Madison was asleep. So I was like, let me not, I'm not going to alarm anybody. I'm going to go ahead and get in the tub and see what happens. Okay. This is another segue side note. My friend Erica Brew, who I love, um, is launching a business with candles. She's making these amazing, beautiful, smell good, fabulous candles. And she gave me a candle for my birth because um, that was something I wanted to have. Like while I'm birthing at home or laboring at home, I wanted to have like candles and have like a nice ambiance. And I had my worship music going and everything like that. So I want to give her a huge shout out because I did have that candle. Um, 
lit that whole time I was in the tub, both times, and a beautiful experience, smelled amazing, and I'm so proud of you, so shout out to you for your candle business that you are launching. Um, soon as she makes that information available, I will make sure to uh, let you guys know about the name of that company and where you can find out, find those candles. That is coming very, very soon. So segue back to the store. Get in the tub. And uh, the contractions are like so bad that I probably was only able to stay in the tub like 25 minutes, maybe. This is like 10.30. Yeah, from like 10.30 to 11, I'm in the tub. And at this point, Jesse comes down um, and he's like, are you all right? Like, is this go time? What's going on? I'm like, they are super bad. Like, they are lasting like a minute long and they're like every three minutes apart. That is super, super close super close and long. So I'm like, I think we need to go. We need to start making preparation. So I called my mom because my mom was going to be um, in the room with us when, when I delivered. Uh, and I called my sister because I was like, I wouldn't want to wake Madison up in the middle of the night and have her uprooted and all like, ah, I'm scared. What's going on? Um, and I was like, my sister could just come to the house. Madison could stay asleep. She can go to school in the morning. And she won't have to be, like, woken up out of her sleep. Well, my sister was moving slow. <laughs> and Jesse was like, no, I'm not waiting on your sister. And thank God he said that because I think if we had waited for my sister, we wouldn't have made it to the hospital. Like, we would have had that baby either in the car or in the house. Um, so Jesse ended up taking Madison again to my best friend's house, who was right down the street. And Madison comes and says goodbye to me. I'm still in the tub. She comes and gives me a kiss. She wasn't. She wasn't like shaking up or anything, which I don't know why I thought she would be shaking up because she acts like a, a 20 year old sometimes. But um, I didn't want her to like see me in pain either. And she was fine. Like Jesse said, she was fine in the car ride. He could tell she was like a little bit like 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 nervous, but not like scared. So anyway, she was good. And so um, by the time Jesse gets back again, my friend lives like five minutes down the street. By the time Jesse gets back, I'm out of the tub. I'm getting dressed, but I'm like bent over like every couple of minutes because these contractions are so painful. I mean, I was talking to my cousin Mallory, who I really wanted to talk to people who had gone through a natural birth um, just to kind of like encourage me and kind of get my mind ready. And Mallory, my cousin Mallory, Taylor, Marilyn, sorry, Mallory, Marilyn, and my cousin Taylor, and her name is Taylor Taylor. And that's so funny because she married my cousin Vincent Taylor and her first name is Taylor. But anyway, um, they were two people who I was in contact with that evening. And I, I remember telling Mallory, like, like these contractions are intense. Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, like, they already feel like about a 7. So Mallory was like, you're probably already, like, transitioning, which the transition happens at about 7 centimeters dilated. So she was like, I think you need to hurry and get to the hospital. I was like, girl, we are. Um, thank God the hospital was, like, 10 minutes from my house. So we get in the car. I'm breathing. Like, for me, and this is just, like, my personal experience of what worked for me because I didn't do any birth classes. I did a lot of research. I did a lot of YouTubes. I did a lot of stuff like that, but I didn't do any classes. Um, but for me, I had to breathe. Like I had to like, like push out the breath with everything I had for me to breathe through the contractions. Like that was the only way that helped me get through them because they were so bad. Um, and, and they did feel like cramps, really, really bad cramps, but they were just super, super intense off the bat. So 
we're, I'm breathing through them. Um, Jesse had the music, my playlist on. And I just, you know, I was just like, I can't believe they're so painful already. That was what was like catching me off guard because I think in my mind, I had imagined like they were going to be, um, progressively worse, like progressively longer, progressively like there was going to be like a transition that took place. And no, that didn't happen for me. They were already off the bat, like really, really bad. So get to the hospital and I get checked into my room. So at this point it's around midnight. We get to, we get to the room at midnight. They check me and the nurse is like, you're, um, five centimeters dilated. Y'all, when I tell you my, I was instantly discouraged and distraught. Like, what do you mean five centimeters dilated? Like I'm in the worst pain ever. There's no way I'm going to make it to 10. And you're telling me I'm only at five. So immediately, I mean, almost immediately, I was like, I had given up. Like, I was like, well, I'm going to have to get this epidural because there's no way that I'm going to be able to get to 10. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know I can't handle much more pain than this. And let me just talk a little bit about my husband because he surprised the mess out of me. So if, if any other wives can relate, um, Jesse, like I will talk to Jesse and I just don't know if his ears close up or if he just not listening or what is happening. But I had, I had been telling Jesse like my birth plan. I had been telling him my desire not to get epidural. I had been like sending him all this material to read and all these videos to watch. And I just felt like he wasn't listening to me. Like I was like, it's no way Jesse's going to be able to talk me through this, encourage me through this because one, Jesse doesn't like seeing me in any kind of pain. And I've never really experienced great pain with him, but like even like the times I've gotten migraines or, I don't get sick often, but when I am sick, he's like, here go the medicine, boo. You ain't got to deal with this pain. Let's deal with it. Here go what you need. Uh, He's just not, I didn't feel like he was going to be great in that situation. I really didn't. Like, I just did not at all. And I didn't feel like he was listening to me when I was telling him about my birth plan. I feel like he was just like, it was just going in one ear and out the other. So for him to behave the way he did, I was just like... I couldn't believe it. So anyway, back to the story. Soon as we get in there, like he's just like so encouraging. I mean, from the from the time we were in the car, he was just like, "You doing so good, boo." You know, just giving me a lot of positive reinforcement. Um, just asking me like what I needed. Just trying to be super super attentive. And even though like at that point I was like, I don't know, I don't need nothing. I don't know what I need. But it was just like amazing to see him like that. Because it just caught me off guard. I thought he was going to, like, kind of, like, not crumble, but I thought he was going to be like, boo, just get this epidural. So, anyway, so we're in the room, and he kind of sees me, like, discouraged and kind of already talking about the epidural. He's like, babe, you you didn't want to do it. Because I had told him, like, that week leading up, I was like, babe, if I get to the point where I'm like, I need this epidural, I need you to talk me out of it. I need you to encourage me. I need you to let me know I can make it. Like, I had really, like told him what to do in this situation of me saying I want the epidural and he did just that <laughs> and um so he's he's just talking me through it he has my he has my hypnobirthing uh playlist playing like in my ear as I'm like laying in the bed and I'm just like I don't want to do this anymore 
<laughs> like I instantly was like, it's not, this ain't, this ain't what I want to do. And let me just say, I listened to so many, um, people talk about like hypnobirthing and, um, supernatural birthing and like not feeling any pain. And I just don't even know, like, how is that possible? Like the pain that I felt, I, I don't know how anybody could experience no pain. So I don't want to say that that's not real. I just don't know how that's possible. <laughs> Cause that, in that moment I was like, that hypnobirthing stuff is crap. <laughs> I was like, it's no way. Like it's no way. But anyway, Maybe it is like, maybe people really do get to that point. And, and I don't know if, if I had not gotten so discouraged right off the bat, find out I was only five centimeters, maybe I would have gotten to a place of sin, but I don't know. As soon as I woke up, I felt straight up pain. So anyway, so, um, and I had an amazing, amazing nurse. Like my nurses were so sweet, so kind. And that was one of the things that I really, really wanted to happen for me was to, for me to have, um, nurses that were able to support me and kind of encourage me through that, through that as well. So I'm in the bed. Um, and I did not, that was one thing I didn't want to do was be confined to the bed because I felt like that's when the contractions are just so much harder to handle. Like when you're laying in the bed, but I had to get in the bed cause they had to get me connected to the monitors. They had to get, um, a bag of fluid in me and they're doing all these things. By this point, my mom gets to the hospital and I'm just like breathing through them. The contractions are so, so painful. And I'm basically like, I told my mom and I told Jesse, I'm like, y'all, I know I said, I don't want the epidural, but I'm about to get this epidural. Like I'm already getting so tired and I'm probably like 10 minutes in because I wasn't getting any breaks. Like my contractions were every two minutes and they were lasting a minute long. So it was feeling like I was getting like a minute rest or a 30 second rest. Like it was, I wasn't getting a lot of rest. So I just felt like my body was just getting so tired of the pain already. Just like wearing me out. I was so hot. I was like, can you please fan me? Jesse was fanning me with his hat and they had to bring me the ice, the ice chips. It was just like, it was going south fast and I was just tired. I was already so tired. And so, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Okay, so we're still in the bed. But okay, so now I'm like, I told Jesse and my mom, y'all, I'm getting this epidural. I don't care what y'all say. I know what I told y'all. I need y'all to support me in this. I'm about to get this epidural. And I told the nurse, I was like, I want the epidural. She was like, well, listen, you have to wait till you get all this fluid anyway. So you don't have to make a decision now because um, you got to get the fluid anyway. So I guess that was the thing that had to happen. I don't remember that happening with Madison, but... I did get the epidural with Maddie early on. So maybe the fluid was already happening, whatever. So I'm just like laying in the bed. I'm like, can I please get out of this bed? Like, I hate this bed. <laughs> I kept saying stuff like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and so my one nurse, her name was Sarah. I had two nurses named Sarah. Sarah was like, girl, get out the bed. Yes, get out the bed. So she let me get in like the rocking chair, which I feel like the rocking chair was more helpful for me to kind of just be in like motion and not like laid back. But it was still very, very painful. So, um, my fluid and the fluid seemed like it was taking forever to like, like I was like watching the fluid and the fluid was just still just like dripping. I'm like, this fluid is taking all day. Um, there was a point in time where I was like, I don't, can I please get out of this robe? And I was just completely butt naked. 
Because I just, it's just like everything touching me was just too much. And my mom and Jesse was like, are you sure that you want to just be butt naked? I was like, yes. They're like, we, we doing video and pictures. You just want to, I was like, I don't care. My nurse was like, yeah, girl, do what you need to do. I ripped that off. And I was just there in my just butt naked manner, just naked. So at the same time, and it was so funny. So my mom, I'm sorry, I'm like all over the place, but I'm trying to like remember all the story. So my mom is very much like, like whatever you want to do, that's on you. You know, I support you, even though she had like six kids natural, but um, five out of six kids of her kids were natural. But she at one point was like, if you want to get the epidural, get the epidural. Like it's your body. And then I saw Jesse like pull her to the side in the corner. He had like a little meeting with my mom. And I believe he told her uh, to get it together and get her head in the game. And we are not going to support the epidural. Because next thing I know, she came back and was like, you could do this. You don't need this epidural. You were created for this. And I was like, oh, shoot, Jesse done set you straight. <laughs> Which I was like, who is this man? <laughs> he just like really shocked me. But, um, so, and Jesse just kept saying, babe, you're going to be so proud of yourself. Like, this is something you really, really wanted to do. And it really was something I really wanted to do. But in that moment, it was just like, it was just too much. It just felt like too much. But, um, he just kept, he just kept supporting me in that. And he was like, you know, I honestly don't care what you do in regards to the epidural, but I know it's something that you really, really wanted to do. And he just kept saying, <laughs> and he just kept saying that he was like calling all of my doula friends so they could support me, but nobody answered the phone, which I thought was quite hilarious. And he just was like calling, calling, calling. It was like the middle of the night. It's like 12 o'clock at night at this point, almost one o'clock. Um, he was trying to get somebody on the line because he he saw that I had like checked out. Um, okay, so all those things are happening. I'm still breathing through the contractions, but they're so bad. And my doctor gets there. So at this point, it's like one o'clock. So my doctor walks in and I'm like, Dr. Maluku, I know I told you I didn't want that epidural, but I'm about to get this epidural because this is too much. So she was like, well, hold on. Let me check you. Cause my doctor was really on board with, um, the no epidural plan as well. So she checks me and she's like, Kim, you're eight centimeters dilated. And Jesse's like, you did it, boo. You did it. I'm like, <laughs> you would think I would be relieved at that point, but I just was still like, I still got to get to 10 and I'm still in so much pain. So she was like, let me break your water and then it'll be time to push. So here we go. Again, that should be a moment where I'm like relieved, but I was not relieved. I was like scared and terrified. And I don't know why at that point fear took over me, but it was like straight up fear took over me. You okay? This is a perfect time for you to hop in. Shout out to Jesse Miller. But anyway, I was going to have Jesse talk, but I'm just going to tell it because <laughs> he tells it funny. He'll have to come on another time. Um, so, yeah, in that moment, like the the idea that I'm about to have to push the baby out and I'm still in so much pain. I don't know what it was, but it was like terrifying to me. So, but I, we, here we are, we got to go. Um, 
because it's like it's happening. So she literally breaks my water. And that that was like a relief, I will say. Like I felt that happen. I felt like a little bit of pressure come down or, or a little bit of edge come off. And um, immediately I felt the baby come down like instantly. And so she's like, the next contraction is time to push. I think I mentally was not ready for that transition yet because I'm still like over here, like trying to wrap my head around getting from five centimeters to 10 centimeters. Now I'm eight. I'm still trying to wrap my head around getting a 10 and I never had like wrapped my head around. Okay, it's time to push. Y'all, when I tell you, first of all, I'm not a person that screams. I don't really scream like that. Um, I had never really even heard myself scream in this manner, but when it was time to push, I started screaming like a maniac, like not even like on the movies, how you see women screaming, um, like in pain or agony. It was like, the only thing I could compare it to is like, if you were like on a, a, a young child was on a roller coaster screaming out, like screaming in fear or like if you being chased by a dog screaming as a little kid I can only think about little children <laughs> in the scenario of screaming because I just started screaming and I don't know why like I can't even tell you why the only thing I can say is it was just like fear that came over me and like the screaming like was helping me push because I still felt physically unable to push but when I screamed it helped me to push and at one point, my nurse was like, Kim, you're going to have to stop screaming. And my mom said, I just screamed right in her face. <laughs> so I just screamed the whole way through. Um, but I screamed and screamed and screamed. I pushed one time and my doctor is like, she got a lot of hair. And I was still like, ah, I was like, I can't do it. I, I can't do it no more. <laughs> my doctor's like, yeah, you can. You're going to push because it was still like so hard. It felt really, really hard to put. Like, it felt like I still had to use so much strength that I just didn't have. But I pushed one more time and Aubrey was there. Aubrey was there in my arms, just crying out. And I was like, man, that's probably why Aubrey be screaming now. Cause I was screaming when she was born. But, um, it was the most amazing, terrifying, crazy experience that I have ever been through in my life. I'm still a little bit like shaken up by that experience, but I will say that, um, I cannot believe that it happened that way. Like it literally happened the way I desired it to happen. Um, in the grand scheme of things, because I kept praying for a quick birth. That was something I prayed like, that was my main prayer because I knew if I had a long birth, I probably wouldn't make it through. Like you hear people talk about, you know, hours and hours and hours being in birth, in labor. And you hear people, my one friend had to push literally for 40 minutes. I, I didn't think I could make it. I will. Even now, I know for a fact that probably wouldn't have worked for me because, um, long periods of time, I don't think I would have survived it. I really don't. And I kept reading the scripture uh, in this. I wrote it down, Exodus 119. And it's the scripture about the Hebrew women and how they would birth very, very quickly. And that was the one scripture that I would read like every day. And I would pray that over myself every day. Like, God, let me have a very quick labor and delivery. Um, let it be quick. Let it be easy. It wasn't easy, but um, 
it was very, very quick. Like literally from the time I woke up at 1030, Aubrey was there at 126. So you're talking about three hours, 1030, Yeah, three hours of laboring, which was amazing because, and I really was only at the hospital for an hour and 26 minutes, basically. So that was amazing. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of talk through my birth plan and prayer because like I said, there were so many things that I had written down that God really honored. And some of the things that didn't happen, I, it makes sense that they didn't happen. The only thing I will say I did tear, um, I had a small tear, but that was, that wasn't bad. Um, and I think like, had I not just been pushing like a crazy woman and like focused at that point there, people will say like, there's a way to push. I don't really know what that looks like or what that is. Um, but maybe if I had, practice that or had like a mind of like, let me focus this energy and push with more of like a, a more of a calmness. Maybe I wouldn't have tore, but I was just like, like I said, screaming like a maniac. I probably was pushing like a maniac, even though my doctor said that it went good. So one of my things for sure was labor at home as long as I can, which that happened. I wanted my water to break naturally. That didn't happen, but that wasn't bad. I think it worked out the way it was supposed to because even with my doctor breaking my water, that was fine. Um, I didn't get an episiotomy, which was something that I, I didn't want to happen, which is when they, they cut you instead of you tearing. So again, the part about no pain, only pressure was something I prayed about. And that was something that I kind of heard from the, um, the different books and the podcast I was listening to. I honestly don't know if that even exists in the world. I honestly don't. I know my one girlfriend said she had a painless birth where it felt like pressure. I'm not sure what her pain tolerance level is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say people don't experience that. I just know that that uh, that that is not my story. It was the most painful thing I have ever experienced. But I will say that the pain let me know that I was getting closer. So I think it was purposeful. And that's what my one friend was telling me. And I would encourage like anybody else that's looking to have like a supernatural birth experience or a birth experience that is um, minimally painful or painful where you can mentally process it. I will say it's a purposeful pain. So with each contraction, this is what one of my cousins was telling me, each contraction is a bringing that baby down. Each contraction is bringing your baby closer to you and each level of pain lets you know you're further along. So I'm so grateful that my doctor came when she did. And that was another thing, y'all. I prayed to have a really good um, team of medical professionals with me because like leading up to the delivery and even like from when I experienced my miscarriage last year, I just was so turned off and I'm still a little bit turned off with the medical professional. Like I'm starting to feel like all these things they do are like scams and all about the money. And so I was getting to a really negative place as it relates to doctors and nurses and medical professionals. But like a few weeks leading up to the delivery, I really was convicted about the, the verbiage and the attitude I had towards the medical professionals because it was like, I can't go into this experience not trusting them or feeling like y'all are scam or da 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 da. Like, that's not going to be productive for my labor. Like, unless I was having a home birth or an, um, a birthing center birth, like, I need to get to the point where I trust the team that's around me. And so that was one of my prayers that I had wrote down. Like, God, give me the right nurses. Let my doctor be in the right mindset and spirit to 
to service this delivery the way I need it to be done. And he did that so perfectly. Like my doctor was so amazing. Her timing was perfect. And she, she even said she literally got there and the um, anesthesiologist was in the hallway. So he was literally about to come in. I say literally a lot. He was about to come in and give me the epidural basically. And she made it right in time. And so that was God, that was perfection because she was like, when I called her, she normally like waits a little bit because normally, you know, the delivery takes a little bit of time or the labor will be like a couple of hours. She was like, no, when you called me, I said, let me go ahead and get there now because I knew your labor was going to be quick. And I just thank God for that. I thank God for my two nurses who were so amazing and sweet and that was like one of those things that got honored that I was just like, man, thank you so, so much. Um, I prayed about my breastfeeding experience, which I've been able to do and breastfeed Aubrey much better than I did my first. So that has been amazing. We didn't do any vaccinations, which is something that we were um, not wanting to do. Um, I did want to go into labor in the morning, which happened. Um, so yeah, I, no pain, no meds, no induction, all those things happen. Like literally the only thing that didn't happen was the tearing. And again, I think that that's a part of it sometimes. I mean, it would have been nice if I didn't tear, but it was not the end of the world. I probably felt better by like day six after that when my stitches kind of healed up. But so, yeah, that was my experience. That was my birth. And, um, one of the things I learned like about the experience and things I wish I had been in a better mindset is, and this is from my friend who's a doula as well, like each contraction, just take a contraction at a time. So I think for me, it was very overwhelming to think I'm in this much pain right now and I have to get to this point as opposed to saying, okay, this, let me get through this one contraction and then focus on that. Then you got your little break and then you get to that point again. Let me get through this next one. Um, if you think about it in a, in a, in a big picture, like I got to deal with 20 contractions like this, like that is overwhelming and discouraging. So that was the main thing that I wish I had done. But again, it all worked out and I'm so grateful for my husband. Again, he was amazing. I'm grateful for the medical professionals who were amazing. And I want to get my doctor something. I want to get her like a gift and I don't know what to get her. Cause she was just so good and so calm and so wonderful. But anyway, and I thank God for, um, you know, everybody that was praying for me and praying for my birth plan. I had a lot of friends who were interceding about the specific plan that I had. And um, I'm just grateful to God, man. I am so grateful to God. I don't know that I would do this ever again. <laughs> uh, and I'm still like, what, this is three weeks ago that I had Aubrey. So I'm still like very, very new. Maybe I've changed my mind. I don't know. But it was it was amazing to know that your body could do that, that your body can push through in that way. And it was amazing for me to know that God honored my prayer, even when I, I gave up on, on the prayer, you know, essentially like I, I was over it. I, I had thrown out the window, all the things that I was like believing and trusting God for, but God still was like, no, I'm gonna honor that. I'm gonna honor your prayer. I'm gonna cause X, Y, Z to fall in place so that this can come to pass because this is a desire of your heart. And that was like something, um, that is even like blessing me now is like, even when we don't honor, even when we physically or mentally aren't there to 
to do what it is that we have asked God to do. God will then step in and give you the strength or God will then step in to make the situation um, fall into place so that that can happen. And so that's what happened for me. So I hope that encourages you. I hope that blesses you. If you have questions about this, if I felt if I left stuff out, I don't know, I probably was kind of like rambling a little bit, but um please feel free. I probably will do like an Instagram live or a Facebook live to do like some question and answers about other people's birth stories. I'm like obsessed with birth stories. So I know for me, it was, it was really good for me to hear positive birth stories when I was pregnant. And when I was, um, more so at the end of my pregnancy, I was watching birth stories like every single day, five a day. But, um, yeah, reach out if you have questions. Again, y'all, I want to do the YouTubes every week, or I will be doing the YouTubes every week. So make sure you subscribe so you can know about any videos that have been uploaded. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. I am doing a lot of, um, after this birth story episode, I'm going to move into um, a, a relationship series, which I'm really excited about. I've already recorded a couple of those episodes, and I know you guys are going to enjoy the couples that I have to come on, but um, I hope you guys enjoyed this story. I hope it blessed you. I hope it encouraged you. And again, if you have questions or uh, feedback or concerns, hit me up, heygirlheypod at gmail.com, or I'm on Instagram, the Hey Girl Hey Podcast. Um, I would love, love, love to hear from you. I am so excited excited to be back and yeah love y'all bye girls bye